and welcome to Climbing Consulting. Today's episode is another solo episode. It's episode 20 of the podcast. I can't believe we're at episode 20 already. When I set out to do this, I had a, a goal, an idea of doing 44 this year, roughly one a week, and thought, let's give it a go. Let's see if some people that I know would be happy to be interviewed and I might get to two or three and it might be put back in the bad ideas box or people might listen. And so it's amazing to be here at episode 20. It's been great fun up until this point. I'm really excited about interviews that I've got already recorded, ready to release over the coming few weeks, interviews that I've got booked in to speak with some fantastic guests over the coming weeks and months and just generally share some phenomenal leaders in the consulting industry's advice with you. So big thank you to all of you who are listening to this, have listened. Big thank you to all of my guests. Specific thank you to everyone who has emailed me, messaged me, come up to me at events and said they're enjoying the podcast. As I always say to everyone who does send me feedback, I love to get feedback. It is really rewarding to hear how this is helping people. I get to see numbers on a screen. And so hearing the impact that my guest's advice is having for you is fantastic. I love sharing that with my guests where possible. And please keep doing it because it means a lot to me. It means a lot to them. And likewise, if there's anything you want to hear on this podcast, any guests, any topics, I'm here for you. If you tell me what you want, I'll do my best to do it, to get a guest on. For instance, had feedback from listeners that you wanted more episodes with people who are experts in skills. So not necessarily experts in consulting, but experts in skills that you need to get to the top. And as a result, I went out, found the best there is in personal branding. That was Natalia, who was episode 19. Fantastic interview, fantastic insights, and just hugely applicable to your consulting career. So just an example there. So for today's episode, I wanted to give back and share be seven lessons, seven business, life, career lessons that I've learned through doing the podcast. All of these are things that people have probably told me before, people might have told you, but these things have massively hit home for me doing the podcast. And I wanted to share them with you because they will help you in your career. If you're looking to launch a business, and I know a number of you listening are, these will help you. Or if you're just looking at how you apply some of these learnings to other areas of your life, hopefully these are really useful things. So the first one, let's just jump straight in, is how powerful LinkedIn is as a business development tool. So some of you are probably thinking, oh, this is really easy for Nick. He has a great network and he knows all of these consulting leaders. So all he does is text each one of them and sets up an interview. Couldn't be further from the truth. I've got a very small number of my guests who I knew already, an even smaller number of those who I'd say I knew well enough to ask to go for a coffee, a beer, or a drink, whatever it may be. A lot of my guests have come from very kind introductions and recommendations from associates of mine, from guests who have enjoyed their experience and thought others in their network might enjoy it. And I'd say the area I spend most of my time focusing on guest outreach is actually cold outreach, is finding interesting guests and reaching out to them to get them onto the podcast. And this is where I've just realized the power of LinkedIn. Before doing this podcast, I sort of had LinkedIn, I updated it, I added a few people, liked a few things, but I really just thought it was a chance for me to see how other people's careers were going and to follow up on recruiters. So I could keep an eye on the job market, being an independent consultant, and just link in and follow up with recruiters who might be offering roles that I'm after. And that's what I thought it was until I started the podcast and started reaching out to guests. 
And LinkedIn is phenomenally powerful. And if you are running a practice area, you're starting a business, you're just looking to make connections for any reason, LinkedIn is the place to go. And the reason for this, and actually this was a conversation I had with a CEO who had a real life example of this, is that in most mid to large size businesses, CEOs or executives have PAs who manage their email. And in some firms or for some people, there's, there's a bit of status about that. Not all, but for some executives, they like the PA, having the PA to manage their emails. And what that usually means is that the PA screens emails. So they will scan through what is relevant for their executive to read, maybe what's less relevant, and maybe what they don't need to read at all. LinkedIn, I don't know any senior person, and this is across consulting or industry, who gives LinkedIn to their PA. They own it, they hold it on their phone. And what that means for you reaching out to them is your message gets directly to them. And this has played out on a number of occasions for me that the message I've sent has got directly to the person that I want to speak to. Now, it might be that someone in their office or their PA follows up with me, but I know that my message has landed with them and they can then make the decision if they want to be interviewed or want to find out more. I'd say if you were to ask me, roughly a third of my guests have come through this method. I'd say probably that's a success rate of 20%. Sort of, so 80% messages might not get anywhere, 20% get somewhere. But I was doing a bit of research the other day, and I think the click through rates on Facebook. So if you see an ad on Facebook and you click in, the success rate and the industry benchmark for good is about 1.5 to 2%. So 20% success rate, that's phenomenal. And if you're looking to engage potential clients or new employers, let's say, I highly recommend it. The second lesson off the back of that really is actually how critical personal brand is in today's business world. Now, this is something that I spent the whole of the last episode with Natalia Vihovsky talking about, talking in depth about why it's so important and some of the challenges that she often sees her clients have to deal with. And if you are interested in finding out more about personal branding, go back, have a listen to the episode. She will do a much better job of explaining it than I'm about to do. But the thing that I've really seen when researching guests or when following up on recommendations or suggested recommendations from people is I will hands down every time go for someone who has an interesting story, interesting bio, an interesting background on their public profile, whatever site that might be, over someone who has nothing there. Why is that? Well, because you've got something to talk about. It's the same as if you went to a dinner or a drinks and someone's got something a bit interesting to talk about. You're much more likely to be drawn to them. It's the same on the web. And I talked about LinkedIn before, and that's where I've been spending most of my time research-wise. So it's the platform I've got more experience with in that respect is I have been drawn to and invited people onto the podcast because I've seen their profile and thought, wow, you sound great. You've got a great story. I think you'll be really interesting. And they've all delivered. What I don't know is whether there are some people who are equally interesting and equally successful and have equally good stories who have nothing on their profile because I see a profile that's empty and I don't approach that person. And that will be the same if you are working with clients or if you are working with either trying to hire people if you're starting a new firm or if you are joining a firm, if you're looking to be headhunted by recruiters or you are just looking to join and are applying to a number of consulting firms. If there's nothing on your profile or in your wider personal brand on the internet, how are people going to differentiate you? I, Natalia made the, the point that we all do it. When you meet someone new or you're about to meet someone, you Google them. If you've not done that, I'd highly recommend it. And then I'd highly recommend taking some steps 
to enhance your profile. Frankly, go and look at Natalia's. It's a great case study. She just released her own on- online course as well, which highly recommend signing up for. I'm going to be signing up, depending when this comes out next month, because I, I think it's a key area to focus on. And so again, one of the big life lessons or business lessons from this podcast for me has been personal brand is critical. So that is the outreach piece, the branding piece, if you like. The next lesson, and again, this is something that I think in consulting we all talk about, but doesn't always get followed. And that is deliver value first and you will be rewarded. So I always make sure that when I go out to a guest, I'm clear on what's in it for them. I also, unsurprisingly, do all of this for free. They don't have to pay for any editing. They don't have to pay for my time. I currently do the podcast for free, but deliver value and you will be rewarded. And what do I mean by that? Well, I set out to do this as much for fun and a hobby as to give something back to the industry and frankly, see where it goes, see what happens. And for me, the podcast has massively delivered. I've made great connections, met some fantastic people, got to learn from and speak to people who I would never have got into a room with otherwise. And there'd be no reason for me to, quite frankly. Likewise, on the financial side, it's not come off yet, but I'm talking to a few people about sponsoring the podcast. I'm always open to it. And again, that comes for not from me saying, I want sponsorship. I don't advertise that anywhere except for one email address on my website. But people have heard the podcast and they've thought, that sounds really good, Nick. Like to chat to you more about the sponsorship side. So again, all of these things have come from me delivering value first, delivering what hopefully you think is a good podcast. And all of that's come off the back of it. I had no expectation from that. I don't expect, it's not a quid pro quo. I don't expect every guest to do something for me as a result of the podcast. But where we've had a good connection, where we've had a good chat and where something's come up afterwards, I've been really fortunate that guests, listeners, friends, ex-colleagues have helped me out as a result of doing this. So big one there and big one to apply in your work. If you're doing a project, show the value. If you're a new business, show that value that you offer and you will be rewarded. It might not be the first person. Someone might burn you. These things happen, but deliver that consistent value and you will get what you want in the end. So what builds from that? And this is something that, again, I think we consultants are really guilty of perfectionism. I know I've been there previously when you spent two, three hours lining slides, making sure everything's in the same font, the same size, the same paragraphing, really honing it. And it becomes a bit of a cottage industry. It's almost consultants appealing to consultants. You know, we love to see a slick slide where there's no errors in terms of how the boxes are, all the colors are the same. And this is actually a point that my very first guest, Matt Chung, made is the number one thing for him that holds people back. And that is aiming for perfection. And the fundamental thing the podcast taught me is as long as you focus on doing the right things well, doing the important things well, it doesn't really matter if everything else is perfect. So just some real life examples. I put all of my effort into making sure I deliver great interviews for my guests and for you. I make sure that I've researched them. I make sure that I've got all of the planning right, all of the logistics, so that when I sit down with my guest, we have a great interview. And afterwards, I make sure that it sounds good in editing, that the interview is concise, and that it's something you want to listen to. What I don't really do is focus too much on the website. If you've looked at the website, you'll see the blogs. Some of them, the text isn't all the same. The format might be slightly different. It's not the best template I could have chosen. But to be honest, I think you'll hear listening to this because you think the podcast's good and you enjoy it. 
And you probably don't mind about the website. So I focus on the important thing. I focus on the podcast. Same with, I just did a video for LinkedIn uh, on networking. I'll, I'll put a link here in case you find it useful. And I've had some really good feedback. People have really valued the advice. What no one said, well, actually, sorry, one, one friend said jokingly is, my handwriting, and it's absolutely awful. You might not be able to read the handwriting. My handwriting anyway is terrible. So I could have spent probably 10, 20 minutes drawing out some block letters so that the handwriting on the board really looked slick. But actually, people are watching and engaging the video for the content. They're not there thinking, oh, I'm not sure on this video because the handwriting is awful. Again, focusing on the important thing that your client, your guest, whoever it might be, wants done well. And as long as everything else is up to a minimum standard, it's sort of par for the course and no one's going to pull you up on it. I think if you like the theoretical side of things, have a look at Kano analysis. Talks exactly to this point about understanding what a delighter is versus what you need to keep your clients satisfied. And that brings me on to the next point, which I think, again, is something that in consulting we can sometimes take too far. And that is that you only need to do a little bit more than the norm to really delight or stand out to your clients, or in my case, my guests. I think consulting firms, and we, we've all been there, say, so, you know, we must over-deliver for our clients. But this point sort of talks to and joins with the one above of what do you need to over-deliver? Does the client care if there's 10,000 appendices that are all neatly aligned? Is that the thing that they want to see from you? Or is it little things? So I've had a number of guests now, and I, it's really kind when they say it, and I, I really value it, saying that you were one of the best prepared podcast hosts I've worked with, or you know, comment on how prepared I was, or how professional the process was. All of these little things that mean a lot to me firstly, but I know leave a hugely positive impression on my guests. It leaves them feeling good about the process, feeling good about working with me, which is what I want and which is what you want. If you are working with a client or you're a new consultancy who's just starting out, you want to make sure that you delight every one of your clients or your prospective clients. And for me, it's about finding the little things that make the biggest impact. It's where can you get the biggest wow for the smallest cost of money, time, whatever it is. And that is the same in consulting. You know, we often can end up and we've all, I've been on projects, I'm sure we all have, where the way that you decide to delight your clients is work longer hours or just work more. Rarely does that actually delight them. And usually what that ends up with is an expectation that you will do that. And therefore, if normally you work eight, you've spent two weeks working nine hours, they begin to expect it. You go back to eight and a half and lo and behold, they're not happy with it. That is, I guess, the, the bad way of approaching this. The good way is look at where are those customers' pain points? What is it that they would really value that maybe others don't do? And then really hone in on those areas. And to that point around what is it that others don't do or how do you figure this out? Another massive learning for me has just been simply test things out. I think we we all go through university and then go into work and there is this perception that you can't fail at things and you've just got to keep going and you've got to do it the right way and you've got to get it right the first time. And the great thing I've learned from the podcast, and it's partly why I tried the podcast in the first place, is if you don't test things out, you're much less likely to succeed. Not every test will work, but provided the tests or the little things that you try don't wipe you out, you know, be it financially, be it emotionally, whatever it is, what have you really lost? So if I look at the way I've done the podcast, I've tried a few different episode styles, I've done some shorter interviews with guests, some longer ones. I've done some solo episodes. I've done some roundup episodes just to see what gets, what people like, what you like to listen to. I've had feedback on those. I've tried to 
iterated I've gone with that. And the same with the interviews. You know, I try different questions, see how they land with a guest or two. And if they work, I'll keep them in. If they don't work, I'll, I'll leave them out. Ultimately, what's lost by testing something like that out? The answer is very little. So, you know, one of the podcast ideas that didn't work, I thought, you know, my episode on being a contractor worked really well. People loved it. Still, I think the most popular solo episode I've done. So I thought, why not see if people would like to buy a course on doing that? Because I know enough about it. I could definitely teach people, help them get into the industry and make that jump and do it successfully because it's something not a lot of people do that successfully. And by successfully, I mean over the market average. And I got a couple of people interested. When we started talking figures, it just didn't work for them. So it wasn't going to work. But ultimately, nothing was lost. It was a LinkedIn post and a couple of statuses. Here, if you're interested more or you're thinking of doing, particularly to those listeners who are thinking of doing a business idea or taking a step out, making, making a change that you will consider more drastic, I would highly recommend and I will include in the show notes for you a video. It's a TED Talk by Tim Ferriss on fear setting. I think he's got a blog on it and it's in the four-hour work week, but I'll, I'll put the video up because that's probably the easiest format. Massively powerful exercise. And in effect, what it is is Take all of the worst case things that you think could happen as a result of this and just give them a score. One being, it's not going to, I barely notice it. Ten being, it'd end my life as I know it. And what you find very quickly is that actually most things aren't going to end your life as you know it. We, we build these mental monsters, but most things, you try them out, you test them out. If it doesn't work, nothing really goes wrong. And that exercise is a really powerful one to help you understand that. See it on a bit of paper do the analysis like all of us consultants like to do, do the logical thinking and then see, right, well, what have I got to lose? So highly recommend checking that out. And then the very last piece of advice, and I say this to you if you're listening and you're running a consulting firm, you're running a practice, or you're working on your own like I am, or you're in a consulting team, you're very junior in the firm, let's say, is I think everyone should do a podcast. And what I mean by that is, Everyone should try doing something that pushes them outside of their comfort zone and gets their message out to the wider industry, the wider world. And the reason for that really comes back to the personal branding point that we're in a world where we're moving from becoming consumers to producers. Facebook's littered with videos, Instagram, LinkedIn's now littered with videos, podcasts, blogs, content is everywhere. And as you climb up the grades or you begin to run your own firm, you need to learn how to get your message out there, how to tell your story, tell your clients what you're selling, tell your clients why you're different, for instance. And the great thing about something like a podcast is it helps you get over a lot of those internal fears that will play out at some point in your career, no matter what you choose to do, if you go to the right level. So we all have those fears of, you know, does my voice sound silly? Will anyone listen to me? Um, what if guests think my questions are stupid? What if I can't get any guests? All of these questions are great corollaries for business life or for work life or for any hobby or activity you do outside of work. It's what am I concerned about? How do I overcome them? And for me, I love podcasts. I've said it on multiple episodes. I think they're just a great medium. I think they're only going to become bigger. I'm going to have to fact check this, but I seem to remember reading a statistic that said something like only 5% of it's either the UK or the US population actually listen to podcasts, 5%. So if only 5% of the whole population are currently in the market, then the market could expand by 20 times. So if you're there looking at how many podcasts there are, and there's been a real explosion over the last year, I'd say, that doesn't mean there's not room for another one. And on that, if you're thinking of starting a podcast, let me know. Happy to help in any way I can. 
I've had people say, you know, Nick, you have got a great podcast, it's a great niche. I wish I'd thought of that before you because I would have done it. And my advice on this, as it is with most things, is we'll, we'll go and go and do it. The, the market for management consulting podcast is much bigger than mine. I'd love to think that every consultant in the world listens to my podcast. That's firmly not the case. I've got quite a small listener base by podcast standards. But there's plenty of people who don't listen to my podcast because it's too long or because it's not the type of guests they like. Maybe they are in a slightly different industry, or maybe they like slightly more technical interviews. Mine tend to be more around how people got to where they are. And so maybe someone wants to listen to an in, uh, a conversation all about how to design an operating model. The point here is just because someone's done it, so I've done it with this podcast, doesn't mean there's not more scope for you to do it as well. You know, go and just type in entrepreneur into the podcast app. There are hundreds and hundreds of podcasts with leading entrepreneurs. And to be honest, I have had it where because I like a guest, I will listen to two or three because you get a slightly different take and a slightly interesting, more interesting is probably the wrong word, but slightly different and therefore additionally interesting. That's an awful word, Nick, but we'll run with it. And that point is just because I've done it or because someone else has done it doesn't mean you can't. And that's the same if you are looking to do something in your career, looking to do something outside, starting a business, whatever that might be. And to those of you who are more junior and thinking, oh, Nick, I, I can't do this. I, I'm really junior. I don't know anything in the industry. I've got no credibility or credentials. Well, two things, really. Firstly, nor do I. There is nothing on paper that's particularly different about me. I wasn't uh, particularly high grade when I left consulting. Being a contract uh, or an independent consultant certainly doesn't give you the level of gravitas you might be looking for or hoping for to launch a podcast. I just went and did it. And there's nothing stopping you doing that as well. And the second point is you probably have much more of a handle on how modern technologies work, how people, you probably listen to more podcasts, let's say, than some of your more senior colleagues who maybe are less tuned into podcasts, sort of some of the uh, more modern approaches to things like this. So you can be your firm's expert. You know, if you want to carve a niche for yourself in your firm, you want to do something that adds value to your firm, why not start your firm's own podcast? You know, the most popular, in fact, I'm going to find it on my iPhone. I think it's number 10. The number 10 most popular podcast in business is by a consulting firm. Let me just find it for you. Number two. So 11FS management consulting firm. I think they've been around two or three years. They currently have the second most popular podcast in business charts. That's currently more popular than the Tim Ferriss show, which is pretty much the world's biggest podcast. How I Built This, or another one of the world's biggest podcasts, and TED Talks. Again, another one of the world's biggest podcasts. So just in case you're wondering, oh, no one's going to listen, or why would my firm have a podcast? Go to your iPhone right now, go to the business charts, go to shows and see where the 11FS, this is their FinTech Insider podcast. They've got a whole bunch. See where that is. You could do that for your firm and imagine the career enhancement for you or the revenue benefit for your firm if you were able to get a podcast to that level for your firm. So that is, like I say, it might not be podcast, but the point is more broadly, do something that pushes you out of your comfort zone. Do something that gets your message out there, and you will learn so much in doing so. So just to round up and recap, because I like it when people recap, I like uh, lists off the back of things like this. The seven lessons that I've learned through doing the podcast, and I hope help you in your business, career, or your wider life, is realize and then leverage the power of LinkedIn for business development. Focus on your personal brand 
in the online world and make sure it says what you want it to and actually says something. Deliver value first and you will be rewarded afterwards. It might not be straight away, but you will be. Focus on doing the important things well and don't worry about getting everything perfect. You only need to do a small bit more than the competition to really delight your clients or in my case, your guests. And the key there is doing the right bits really well. Next, and as part of this, is test things out. Go and try everything and anything. If it doesn't cost you much or it doesn't risk much, give it a go. There's usually no downside to it. And lastly, and I do look forward to getting some messages on this, I do think everyone should do something like this. I think everyone should do a podcast or a, a video blog, whatever it may be, something that gets you out there to the wider community, to your clients, to others in the industry. So I hope those points are helpful for you. I hope they've sparked some thoughts maybe for you. Like I say, I, I've had a number of calls and chats with people who off the back of this are looking to start their own business and have just you know, really resonated with a guest or two of mine. I hope for you, these lessons have been useful. For those of you who are listening, who are building a career, I hope again, these help give you things you can apply to take your career to the next level. So that is everything. Thank you again for listening. Brilliant to be at episode 20. I've got some amazing guests coming up. Like I said, I am aiming for 44 this year. So please do keep me honest to this. And I look forward to doing another one of these closer to that 44th episode mark. Thanks a lot. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Climb in Consulting podcast. If you did, I would be very grateful if you could leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or your podcast platform of choice, whichever one you may be using. And please also share this with anyone that you think could benefit from hearing today's interview. If you want to get in touch or give me any feedback about the podcast, please feel free to drop me an email. It's nick at climbinconsulting.com and I look forward to hearing from you.